On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Blue Jays, give it to the 2023 Blue Jays. They are extremely, extremely on brand. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, maybe late Tuesday, October the 3rd, Wednesday, October the 4th, whenever you're listening to this. I am one of your hosts, Sean Woodley. You can find me over on Locked On Raptors and on Twitter at Woodley Sean uh, here filling in. Pinch hitting on Lockdown Blue Jays for the from now until the end of the postseason, which might not be very long. Uh, yeah. Mike Stefano is here as well. Uh, that's the voice you hear, co-host of Lockdown Leafs. Another is, is this the uh, is this the penultimate podcast? Is is that what we're saying? Could be, <laughs> could be. It's oh, one of I those uh, like one of those TV series that doesn't realize it's getting canceled. It's like uh, Winning Time, perhaps. Like that's where the the situation we're in right now. We're in the second last <laughs> episode of Winning Time. Um, yeah, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays fall in Game One to the Minnesota Twins. Not great. Uh, we're going to dig into all of it. Our biggest takeaways from the game: uh, Kevin Gosman struggling early, the bat struggling all day long. Uh, Matt Chapman nearly hitting a massive, massive home run that just got robbed by the baseball gods. And, of course, we will look ahead at an all-or-nothing Game 2 for the Toronto Blue Jays, for whom everyone will be available out of the pen, non-Kevin Gosman division, as John Schneider said after the game. We will get into all of that. Before we dive in, uh, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Please subscribe, follow, rate, review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts. It's always appreciated when you support the show. Been uh, nice to see some folks on the YouTube channel. Warming up to Mike and I after uh, taking over for Craig, so thanks for uh, bearing with us, I suppose. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by Sleepers. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states check out sleeper today all right those every day too i I feel really Mm. sorry for them about what they had to witness today because like if you're seeking out a daily blue jays podcast like you're a diehard and you live Mm -hmm. and die and breathe blue jays baseball and the product that they put out there tonight is has been Honestly, very similar to the product they've been putting on all year long, which is yeah. a very frustrating one. <laughs> one where they you know, are who good, they thought we were. Or yeah, you get the good hell bull- the phrase is. Yeah, right. Good bullpen. <laughs> you get some decent pitching, but just can't seem to muster up any runs whatsoever. And that's basically what happened tonight. It was. We will get. Yeah. We're going to get into the offense and a couple squandered opportunities. The really, really grim eighth inning after a pretty exciting start to the eighth inning. We'll get into all that, but we should start with Kevin Gosman, who did not have his best game in this one. He goes just the four innings. He gives up the three runs, only three hits, gives up the home run, of course, or two home runs to Royce Lewis, uh, just left a couple of hangers. The first one gets totally pulled, uh, you know, just totally beautiful, gorgeous swing by Royce Lewis, who was made available for this game, obviously was on the IL with a hamstring issue, had to DH, couldn't play third base, but he's just in there to uh, hit bombs, apparently. That's okay. fun. What did you make of Gosman's start and sort of where things went wrong for him before we kind of dive into the bullpen and the way they kept him in this game. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the story coming into the game was, you know, Kevin Gosman's very well-documented struggles against the 
Twins this year, like a, a north of six ERA, which is not Gosman like. This was the team that uh, had really kind of had the book on Kevin Gosman. I did see a stat pop up during the broadcast that said the Twins were the team that you know sat on that uh, sat on that uh, breaking ball the most, right? So like that yeah, splitter, splitter, yeah. Only had a chase rate of like thirty three percent, which was there's only one other team that was in the thirties. Everyone else is forties and fifty percent on the mm-hmm. chase rate. So they just completely um, decided, all right, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us in the zone. We're not going to beat ourselves. And you know, we came into the game wondering, okay, do they, is he tipping pitches? Or like, what's the situation here when it comes to the Twins? And you know, I, I, again, I, I mean, I, I I'm not sure if it's just tipping pitches or whatever it is but ultimately i think the twins deserve a lot of credit for their approach and it forced kevin gosman to pitch a little bit higher into the zone and then when you're pitching above over the plate eventually you know you're, you're gonna get hit for a couple of hard ones and that's what happened with royce lewis and ultimately though those are the only pitches that he really missed all game and he talked about the one uh, the, the first one in the first inning, he talked about how that one really got away from him. He said, I mm. missed my spot by about three and a half feet. And when you do <laughs> that, you're not going to you're not going to it's not going to go well for you. So it, it's it's unfortunate that ultimately this game and now maybe even the series, the season comes down to basically two pitches, right? He, That's he baseball on two pitches <laughs> to the same player, the same individual who was a game time decision to even play. And now the Jays go into tomorrow with their season on the line because of it. Yeah. Baseball. Yeah. Baseball. It really is a fickle mistress and uh, we don't like it very much. Not, not having the best time today watching that game again, like very, very on brand for the blue Jays, just top to bottom in terms of the style of game. It was, and also very on brand for the blue Jays, the 2023 blue Jays to be the team against whom the Minnesota twins snapped their uh, decades long, 18 game postseason losing streak. It's great. Everything's fine. Nothing is terrible at all. Um, Yeah. Gosman, you know, kind of a weird first inning for him. Obviously, he gave up the home run. He felt like he was really kind of fighting it with the umps a little bit, even though I didn't really see, like, many cases in which, like, he was kind of getting jobbed on calls. It just kind of seemed like he wasn't really hitting his spots, right? Like, he three walks in this game that continues over the trend of the walk issues he had against Minnesota, nine walks in 10 innings during the regular season in, in two matchups. Um, like, did you see anything like sort of erroneous with the strike zone in that early, early going? It seemed like he kind of had that as like his thing. The pitch calm was giving him issues. He settled down eventually, credit to him, kept him yeah, in it, and they only gave up the three runs. But uh, yeah, the, the, it was just like a very bizarre off-kilter starter that didn't kind of set the whole game in a bit of a weird vibe. Yeah, it, it did, and, and I'm not sure what he was seeing either because based off of my vantage point watching from uh, my couch, it, it didn't appear that those stri- those were strikes anyways. Like, they were off mm-hmm. the plate. If anything, like, to, to be completely honest, like we, we we could probably say that the Blue Jays got more beneficial strike and ball calls tonight than Minnesota did, especially sure. when the Jays were up to bat. Like, there was one on Alejandro Kirk legitimately had to been a, a, six inches eight maybe eight inches above the plate (laughs) and somehow (laughs) it got called a ball it made no sense to me um but you know gosman i was he he did settle in and and obviously you saw i started to locate his pitches a little bit better he rose it up into the uh into the strike zone and then ended up actually striking out guys now instead of walking dudes which is why i was actually a little bit confused well not confused but 
you know, when someone finally finds their game, and it's not like he was like 100 pitches into the game, 90 pitches, but why they decided to take him out when they did. I felt like he finally had figured something out. You know, he mm-hmm. afterwards said he did figure out the what was going on and, you know, elevated his pitches a little bit more to get in the zone to force more swing and miss stuff. And ultimately, they decide to take him out of the ball game because, well, it's baseball in 2023. And how dare you send somebody through an order <laughs> three times? So it, it, it was kind of weird where it's like the guy finally got his game together. Now you're going to yank him. It, it, I don't, did that bother you at all? It didn't because the Jays bullpen's really good. And I didn't have like any. They are. About, but like... now it's like, OK, you may if, if all goes well, all these guys who pitch today. You're probably going to need tomorrow and then probably going to need also for game Mm. three. So now you're going to have some guys pitching three days in a row. It's never a great thing. I feel like they could have maybe saved a couple of those arms and given Gosman another inning or two, maybe get through six because he had settled in. That was just, it was more of a long-term thinking for me is now you're, you're, you're kind of tiring out your bullpen unnecessarily. I get that. I also think I didn't want to see Kevin Gosman face Royce Lewis again. And that was the decision, I think, to me. It's just like, okay, Royce Lewis is coming up. You got us through the four. We know the documented history of the struggles with the Twins. And, like, I don't know how you, you know, sort of bake that into your decision if you're John Schneider and Pete Walker. But I didn't have an issue with taking him out. I think, you know, he got them through the four innings. That's, you know, there's value in that alone, right? And, and you know, obviously, if had things gone horribly for the bullpen, we're probably just singing a different tune right now. But, you know, in fairness, you know, outside of Jordan Hicks, who throws 25 pitches, no one else throws more than 14. All these guys should be totally fresh tomorrow. Mesa throws just three pitches in, a, in one-third of an inning, gets the one out, gives up a hit. Um, you know, I think it was probably the right call because the Royce Lewis thing was just kind of hanging over it all, right? And, and I think yeah, throwing sure. him a different look after taking Gosman Yard twice on his absolute tank jobs, uh, I think was probably the move. But um, not great when your best starter only goes four innings in the first game of the playoffs. No doubt about that. No, Little shades not. of uh, Alec Manoa not having himself a great start in game one last year, well, although not quite was, as disastrous. It wasn't a horrible <laughs> outing though. That's the thing. It, yeah. it just, there was a couple of at bats where he lost it. He walked a couple of dudes and then really two bad pitches. You leave mm-hmm. a, you leave, you know, your fastball over the plate against a guy who just crushes fastballs and he mm-hmm. hits them into the, into the seats. And all of a sudden that's where all three of the runs came from. You, you eliminate those two pitches I mean, we, we're still probably playing baseball right now. You know what I mean? So it wasn't a terrible game for Gossman. It was just a couple of pitches that went awry and uh, took him maybe an inning too late to locate, uh, you know, that that uh, to elevate that fastball and that splitter. Yeah, look, this game doesn't, you know, I think it's a pretty regular script for a Blue Jays game, right? And I don't think this is like a total disaster show in which, you know, all hope is lost or anything like that. But certainly, a lot of the issues that have dogged this team all season long rear their ugly head. We will get into the runners in scoring position and mostly just like the the not capitalizing on opportunities for the offense in this game on the other side. Before we do that, however, Mike, we got to tell all our good pals our friends over at Sleeper. The MLB playoffs have begun, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to get 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Royce Lewis hitting bombs all over the place. So go check him out right 
Now pick more or less on the stats for stars or whatever players you want to pick, uh, like home runs, hit strikeouts, and more for up to 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big. It's a great little app. You know, you go into the game, maybe you want to make yourself feel a little bit better. You make a, uh, an entry for a player on the Twins. Maybe you say Royce Lewis more than one home run. If you win that, at least you're feeling like a little bit better about yourself, even if the Blue Jays lose. It's the happiness hedge. Go ahead and do that. Right now, use the promo code Locked On. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, go check out Sleeper right now. Uh, they're, they're lovely. They're, they're on the sleeper.com. Promo code Locked On. All right, let's continue on here, Mike, uh, with our dissection of the game one loss for the Blue Jays to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, man, just, uh, uh, it was feeling great. It was like, oh, yeah, Twins, who cares? They're dumb, they're bad, they're, they're going to lose. So the bad strikeout rate, they're the, the Central Division champs. And then, of course, uh, you're reminded, no, they have very good baseball players up and down and all this stuff, and their pitching is quite good. Pablo Lopez was very solid in this game. Uh, I don't think he was, like, untouchable necessarily, but he definitely got the job done. Uh, you get Yohan Duran coming in late in the game, and it's just like, okay, gas, all this stuff. But I think the overwhelming thing here for me on the hitting side of things for the Blue Jays was just missed opportunities and like squandered opportunities. Yeah. We could talk about the Boba Shet, uh, you know, send or decision to go through the stop sign. Like great play by Carlos Correa, obviously, like amazing, amazing play, but certainly cost the team a chance at multiple runs there to have the bases loaded with Matt Chapman coming up. Uh, would have been nice. However, they end the inning there, and it's a big-time bummer. But I want to start with the eighth inning, Mike, which to me was the low point of this baseball game. It starts <laughs> off, Vlad rips a double, 108 off the bat per stat cast, uh, rips a double. It's exciting. Lead off, hardest hit of the game. Lead off, like, all right, they're they're cooking. They've got Griffin Jackson, this young kind of unproven dude. This feels like the spot. You got the, the meat of the order coming up. And then the Bo Bichette at bat after the Vlad double might have been the worst at bat I've watched all season. And yes, it's amplified by the fact that it's the playoffs, but good Lord, three straight pitches. He strikes out on it like an awful, awful chase at the end, like a, a prime Vernon Wells, Alex Rios level chase <laughs> on a ball, just careening outside, just no chance whatsoever. I, I don't Following think that, mm. that ball was never on the plate. Like that no. was one of the worst hit swings I've ever seen in my life. He clearly was swinging no matter what. Like that was where mm -hmm. he goes up there with the approach. He's like, I'm going to attack this baseball and see if we can try and get something going and capitalize off of this guy, just giving up a hit. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately uh, the ball was nowhere to be hit by the pitcher. So like legitimately that thing was two feet off the plate. There's no reason for him to swing at that. And for it just to, to crush your dreams, Ah, oh, it was just classic Blue Jays. The second they get something going and something cooking, they forget how to play baseball. Captain Biggio comes up afterwards. Same thing. Guy gets struck out looking, and then was it, when, when uh, having really good plate discipline gets too real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, rough, rough go. And then yeah, Kirk grounds out to end the inning, and it was like the quick turnaround, too. It felt like it was like four seconds between Vlad hitting the double and all of the life being taken out of the sails of the Blue Jays, and that those three straight outs, like, really, really quick. Just not competitive at bats at all. I thought, actually, 
early in this game too, Mike, the at-bats are pretty non-competitive as well. You know, Pablo Lopez was getting up one, two strikes pretty regularly, and they just kind of were fighting from behind the entire time. I thought this was a bad Brandon Belt game. Uh, we were very high on Brandon Belt coming in. I thought he did not handle Pablo Lopez's stuff very well. I think he had three strikeouts in this one or two strikeouts, but um, I don't know. Just that eighth inning, really a giant bummer. It felt like there was a real opportunity there that was squandered. Speaking of which, back to the Boba Shett, uh, errant base running decision. Look, I know typically I'm like pro be a maniac on the base paths. You should see me at beer league, man. I'm a maniac. Mm. Just running nonstop. Who cares? Stop sign doesn't matter. And I understand the impulse for Bo to say, hey, this ball has kind of dribbled by the third baseman. It's kind of in no man's land. It's going to take a miraculous play to throw me out at, for, at home. And then Carlos Correa makes a miraculous play. What was your impression of the decision by Bo Bichette to blow through the stop sign and head home? He was out by a good 10 feet. It was not even close and really, really deflating as well. Yeah, I think you just got to also keep in mind that it's been tough for these Blue Jays to score runs. Like even right? when you got runners yeah. in scoring position, it's not like it's led to increased offense for this team, right? Like that's been a big problem with them all year long. So, okay, you got the bases loaded, man on second and third. Typically, nothing happens for this team. Mm. So if there's a 50-50 shot that you can go out there and you can try and pick up that free base and with the one that happens to be, you know, home plate um, and, and take advantage and maybe catch him by surprise. Like if, if mm. you catch him by surprise and if Correa, you know, doesn't react as swiftly as he did to the play, then – Bobachet probably does get home, but he had a split second to make that decision of whether or not he was going to go. And once he did, he had to go. And Correa was ready for it and did make a great play. You got to tip the cap to him. But I would have to think that's what's going through Bo's mind. It's like, this is probably going to be one of our few opportunities that I can, you know, score a run for this team. Um, I'm going to go and try and do it here because there's no guarantees that Matt Chapman was going to do it. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if that, was play played into his decision there yeah it's tough right like i I do understand the thinking i understand that you know if correa doesn't make an incredible play there throws it you know a little bit off target Bo slides in and scores we're all lunatics we're all going nuts we're all just praising Bo for the aggressive base pass it's such a results-based thing um and yeah like you kind of just got to tip your cap to an incredible play by correa you know it's you make a really good point that they I feel like they're maybe wired to know that they can't score runs. And so every opportunity feels like a golden one. And they uh, just could not, could not. I mean, there are two outs, though, at the same time. Like, that, don't end an inning like that. Well, <sighs> but if there, but if there's two outs, right? That, But if there's two outs, I think that makes it more likely for you to go. Because if there's only one out, okay, whatever. Then you get Matt Chapman, who could come up and just hit it into the outfield that you could score on a sack fly. Two mm. outs. This guy's got to get a base hit. This guy's hitting Mendoza line over the course <laughs> of the last four months. Like I, I think you probably like your chances at a 50-50 play, uh, 50-50 chance at the plate than you do Matt Chapman roping one and you know blooping it into center field, right? Yeah, and I mean, and look, like if you're Bo Bichette in that situation, I'm sure there's some awareness of who's coming up and what the out situation is and all that. I'm Got not it. sure you're sitting there contemplating as you're turning the corner after a weird play. Oh God, Matt Chapman's up. Like I can't go now because Matt Chapman's hitting 198 since like he's not like 
going to have that just sort of supercomputer processing ability. So I don't know, man. He's a pretty smart uh, yeah. dude. You don't get to the bigs by being a dummy. <laughs> That's true. Look, <laughs> the Boba Shet thing I'm mad about is that eight hitting at bat after the double. That's really the thing that, that yeah. stands out is the big Boba Shet flop in this game, not the decision to run home, as unfortunate as the result was. Uh, yeah. How certain were you that that Matt Chapman ball was going out? Uh, he hit that ball extremely far. It would have been a home run in 13 of 30 Major League Parks. It went further than Royce Lewis's second home run. And yet, because of dimensions and baseball, Michael A. Taylor tracks it down and that is not what would have been a three-run home run totally changes the game for the jays that's the dub uh yeah it's on uh, man (laughs) what a game what a game the lead at four three and then that's a a completely different ball game yeah he hit that thing 401 feet um the fence is 403 feet when they say that you know games and sports are a game of inches or feet like this is literally what that means he hits that two extra feet that thing is gone Gone, 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 and the Jays are up four three, and then that locked it down. Bullpen goes to work. Um, you said that you know that was further than Royce Lewis's uh, first home run. It was for the furthest ball hit all game, further yeah. than both of the home runs. You know, Royce Lewis just happened to hit it in a, in a more shallow part of the ballpark where Matt Chapman hits it to deep center field, where the, the fence is a little bit further outward at four hundred three feet. Um, is really unfortunate because, yeah, I, I think a lot of people thought that thing was was gone. And if he hits that, probably s- either a foot or two further or maybe three feet or two feet to the right, that probably mm-hmm. clears the fence. Um, but it, it didn't happen. And obviously the, the baseball gods were on you know the twin side on that one. And what a sentence that is. <laughs> baseball gods on the twin side i know yeah. well oh, it's their, it's their first long, win since 2004 time. so yeah. i i guess it was time it was time do. what a what, we really do invest a lot of our emotional well-being into a game that's essentially just like inches feet randomness weird nonsense it's great it's a really smart thing we've done here Yep. Let's tee up game two, shall we? Uh, we'll come back on the other side and get ready for game two. We'll see if things will be any different for the Jays. We'll tee up the pitching matchup between Sonny Gray and Jose Barrios. Maybe make a little MV or predictions and stuff like that. You know, maybe not MVP of a game. You can't really have that unless you're Royce Lewis, I guess. Um, but we'll do a little prediction time and, and see how we're feeling coming up in just a second. Before that, got to tell you about our new sponsor, and that is Bunches. All right, Lockdown Jays fans, you may have heard us talk about this new free app for sports sports bunches. Bunches is a new social network built for sports fans. No politics, no doom and gloom, just sports. Unless you're a Jays fan today, then there's some doom and gloom, but that's fine. They've recently released a new scoreboard feature that lets you check live scores in the app and chat about live games as they happen. You can chat about the Jays, whatever team it is that you follow, and join the Locked On Bunch by clicking the link in the show notes description to get the app or go to the Apple App Store and download Bunches now. Bunches is the free app where sports fans chat and Locked On MLB's group chat is on Bunches. Go there now and connect with other baseball fans. Chat your favorite team and keep up with the latest MLB news. A lot of the other places to talk about sports on the, on the internet now are broken or don't work very well or are very bad. Bunches can be your new place to go. Download the Bunches app today, and when you do, our friends at Bunches have featured the Locked On MLB Bunch in the Discover tab. You can also click the link in the description show notes to join the Locked On MLB Bunch community today. All right. Mike, game two tomorrow. All the marbles for the Jays. They got to win. Otherwise, it's yet another 
very disappointing season. And sneakily, they're kind of working on their own little losing streak in the playoffs uh, as well if they drop this one tomorrow. Uh, Jose Barrios will take the mound in his old park against Sonny Gray. How you feeling, man? Sonny Gray, really good this season. It's yeah, it's, uh, good. it's daunting. He was excellent against the Jays this year. Uh, gave up just one run in five innings in the one appearance they had against him. All told, just a, a, a really, really good pitcher. 279 ERA, 184. Probably going to be like second or third in the Cy Young voting this year behind Garrett Cole in the conversation with Kevin Gosman. Probably number two, honestly. Um, man, Sonny Gray. But the season on the line feels great. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It, it, it is tough uh, to, to be going up against that guy, of all people. Um, definitely not someone you want to be going up against. But, you know, this is a, this is a make or break for the Blue Jays season. It all comes down to, to one game, and that's going to be tomorrow. And they got to find a way to get some offense. They, they, it doesn't matter, um, you know, how well Jose Barrios could pitch because he can go out there and he can throw seven innings scoreless or throw seven innings, give up one one measly little home run. If they can't get offense on the board, they don't stand a chance. And I know it's going to be tough to do against Sonny Gray, but it's it's got to be mandatory, obviously. So that's got to be the approach tomorrow is, you know, let's let's get some runs, get some support for Barrios and try and extend this season. We saw what I think was the lineup we expected to see from the Jays in this game. You have the four lefties in there. Do you expect just like the same lineup? Like, I, I don't think the lining, like the batting order was the problem in this game at all, really. I think yeah. it was as good a lineup as you could toss out there. Yeah, no, I, I don't expect to see much of any difference, I would say, mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to the game. Like, you, you got another right-handed pitcher out there, so you're going to want to have you know, some lefties out there, some balance. So you'll, you'll continue to see Kevin Biggio. You'll continue to see, you know, Varsho obviously. And, um, Kevin Kiermeyer, who actually had a base hit today. Uh, so I, I think we probably see the exact same lineup. Just got to see different results. So speaking of results, here's some of the numbers for current Jays batters Ooh, against throw them at me. Yeah. Uh, against Sonny Gray in their careers. Not, a ton of success here mike it's not looking great uh matt chapman has a home run in, th- in eight at bats three hits he's got a 14 20 ops in those eight at bats that's great uh kevin kiermeyer 844 ops he's got two home runs against sunny gray most of any blue jay george springer has one home run both kiermeyer and springer five of 21 in their careers against sunny gray and then after that man Pretty big drop-off. I mean, not a ton of looks against Sonny Gray for a lot of these guys. Vlad's only faced him five times, no hits. Brandon Belt, 0 for 8. Mm. Uh, Dalton Varsho, 0 for 2. You got Whit Merrifield, 1 for 16. Don't think we'll be seeing big hit Whit uh, in this game until Sonny Gray is chased at least. Bo Bichette, just 1 for 5. Kevin Biggio, just 1 for 4. Not a lot of success here for Toronto Blue Jays players against the ace or the, I guess, the number two, whatever you want. Dueling aces, I suppose, for the Twins. Lopez, then Gray is quite the one, too. I'm surprised they only had, like, a couple of at-bats against this guy, considering he spent two years in New York. You would think Mm. that he would have had, they would have a little bit more, seen him a little bit more in just a couple of years. I I, probably got, he got traded the one year. time with the Reds and stuff, too. Yeah, Injured, I guess. But still, you yeah. think like you're with a division rival, and that back they play like 18 games against one another. You think there would have been a little bit more overlap in you know games that Gray pitched, but 
Um, I find yeah, the Sonny Gray Yankees era does not exactly like stick in my brain. I kind of forgot he played for the Yankees, if I'm being totally real. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like well, four or five years ago. It was a pre, yeah. pre-pandemic. A season pre- and a half, it looks like he spent there. So Pre-pandemic. Yeah, so it was actually Gray. before. Yeah, it was, he's been in the NL for the most part uh, since like Vlad and the crew came up. So that explains the, uh, the, the lack of ABs against Sonny Gray. On the That's Jose true. Barrios side of things, not a ton of guys on the Twins have had great success there either, and the ones who have are not in the lineup. Nick Gordon's 5 of 11. He's not playing. Uh, Byron Buxton, 2 of 10. He's not around. Um, and after that, Carlos Correa, 3 of 12, 733 OPS. Christian Vasquez, 2 of 8. Joey Gallo's 3 of 18. Jorge Polanco, 1 for 10. Michael Taylor, 1 for 7. Willie Castro, 1 for 9. So neither pitcher has given a whole lot up to the batters who will be hitting the game tomorrow. Um, I don't know. Parting shots, feelings, predictions. What you got here, Mike? Do you have any sort of optimism going in to game number two? John Schneider said that everyone will be available, even dudes who don't usually come out of the pen will be available. Kevin Gosman, the only one, he says, not available if they need them. Excuse me, tomorrow. Where you at? How you feeling? Yeah, I mean, like, keep in mind that that also means that Chris Bassett could be available as well. Yep. If if things don't go well for Barrios early on, I'd expect to see him, you know, warming up, either him or, or Kikuchi. Um, I'd look, almost it's, rather see Kikuchi considering the lefty lack yeah. of dominance yep. the Twins have had against lefties this season. I, yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I know it's, like, dumb to be like, save Bassett for game three when if you lose game two, you're done. But, like, I kind of feel like maybe save Bassett for game three. But... I don't know, man. It's uh, it's not a great spot to be in. Like, you don't like to have these things come down to win or go home games. It's not pleasant, and it leaves you having to kind of do all sorts of desperate things to stay alive. Yeah, I you gotta have a a bounce back game for Bo because although he mm-hmm. did you know get on base a couple of times, still but two hits, yeah. You think about the the bad approach in the eighth inning, and then you think about you know him getting gunned down at at home plate. Those couple of uh couple of opportunities that were missed for the blue jays to create some offense maybe that sticks in his mind tomorrow and he says i gotta make it up to my boys and maybe he goes yard or maybe he doubles one when someone's on first and second um so i'm 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 looking at bo bichette need some offense out of him um to maybe make up for for you know what he was unable to do today at the plate my only wish for tomorrow is uh, no grooved-in fastballs for Royce Lewis to smash 380 yeah, feet no, or whatever. Don't do Please. that. That'd don't swell. do that, Jose. That's yeah, other Brios uh, too, though. Like you, you can you can tell pretty early on whenever Brio's going to have a good game. Is he locating mm-hmm. his pitches? Is he dancing on both sides of the plate? If he is, you can feel pretty confident about that game. And if yeah. he's not, you can you know he's erratic early and he's walking guys he gets into the walk trouble and then he gives up a homer that's where things get real real dicey and and you know, we saw that in the first inning today right give up a walk give up a homer and the jays were chasing from there on out can't happen tomorrow if you're jose barrios he's got to be on his a game from the first first pitch of the game yeah, for sure. Uh, one last quick shout-out from today's game. I did want to give a little bit of love. I thought Chad Green was really good. I thought Genesis Cabrera really good when they came in. Uh, yeah. They're sort of, you know, hold-it-over type of duty. Well done I mean, there. Um, Jordan Hicks great. got out of a jam, too, man. right? Jordan yeah, Hicks true. getting out of a jam. You, you, you always love to see that. Yeah, he got himself into it, but he got himself out of it. So well, <laughs> tip of the cap there as well. Well, the Jays have gotten themselves into this predicament. We'll see if they, too, can get themselves out of it tomorrow. 
Godspeed. Enjoy game two. Hopefully, that is not going to be the last podcast we do reacting to game two. We shall see. Would love to do more pods with my buddy Mike, uh, but the Jays will have to help us out there. Either way, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find Mike at Mickey Canuck on Twitter. Listen to him on Locked On Leafs. You can find me at Woodley Sean. You can listen to me on Locked On Raptors as well. If you're looking for another maddening sports team to think about, uh, Toronto has all of them. They're just, b- just arms overflowing with teams that drive us crazy. It's fantastic. Either way, thank you so much. Please follow, subscribe to, rate and review the podcast for free wherever you get your shows. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. And we will talk to you again after game two, hopefully not weeping uh, about a loss and a season coming to an unceremonious end. Until then, thanks so much for hanging. Bye-bye.